Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Will to Hunt podcast. I'm your host, Will Jenkins, joined by my co-host, Trent Marsh. Uh, before we get into it, I want to make that shameless plug and ask that you rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can also use those reviews to interact with the show, or you can follow at the Will to Hunt on any social platform, and we can continue the conversation there. This is, uh, of course, our first episode. So, Trent, welcome. Hello. So, yeah, we're uh, we're just going to kind of get into it here and go through kind of who we are, the topics we'd like to cover, some of our goals for the podcast, and when the little parting note there at the end. So uh, I'll just jump in first with who I am. Um, I kind of think of myself as a nobody that knows a few somebodies. Uh, I kind of started in the outdoor industry just for fun. I started the willtohunt.com in 2000. 11 yeah 2011 so right at that 10 years mark um just started writing because i wanted to and i wasn't good enough to get published so i published myself on the internets um and people liked it enough uh so it stuck around for a while uh met trent actually pretty early on in a previous role that he had with an outdoors brand um and i was desperate to work with people and he was desperate enough to work with me. So um, that's how we, we met. Um, but since then, I've got a chance to do a lot of cool stuff in the outdoor industry. I've worked with various brands and outdoor personalities. I've built websites and built, uh, you know, I don't know, I've, I've produced some short films and uh, commercials, uh, like I said, writing, website design, anything for money. Um, that kind of deal. So that's basically who I am. And I'll, I'll hand it over to Trent for his little intro. Uh, the, the timelines actually line up pretty good because about the time you yeah. were, you were getting into it, it's about the same for me. So a little over a decade of being in the outdoor industry, I've, I've spent a lot more time more on the brand side, uh, working and marketing in the outdoor world. Um, uh, from everything from UTVs to optics to, to other product categories and, and also do a fair bit of freelance uh, work as well, both as a, a professional marketer, but also as a content generator and, and have done just a little bit of everything. Uh, and like Will said, we've, we've kind of got hooked up and connected relatively early uh, in, in both of our times in the outdoor industry. And Really, we've kind of been talking about the idea of starting a podcast for longer than not, actually, is, is the <laughs> yeah. case. And, and uh, you know, like everybody else, we kind of, COVID made it easier for everybody and we really kind of ramped it up and it still took yeah. a little while, but here we are and yeah. just, uh, just going to kind of share our experiences and what we like to do and, and go from there. Yeah, I mean, basically, we end up on the phone every now and then to talk about some random outdoor topic and then go on for a half hour or so and we're like why don't we just record this <laughs> might as well just record it <laughs> so that's kind of where we started with it and you know i've always wanted to add a podcast to the will to hunt but i didn't want it to just be me rambling and i didn't necessarily have... any more than you wanted anyone else wanted it to just be you rambling <laughs> yeah <also>. exactly <laughs> exactly I, I i alone don't have that much interesting stuff to say so um you know it, it's been weird to kind of navigate that and decide what to do and you know i think the two of us should make a pretty decent decent recording but uh but yeah so our, our topics we're looking to cover here on the podcast are, are, are kind of broad you know it's the will to hunt podcast and it's largely that because that's the website i own but 
while we'll have a consistent theme of hunting uh, throughout the year, we'll also cover topics like fishing, outdoors, and cooking. Um, and as far as hunting goes, uh, my background is kind of scattered. I started out hunting uh, white-tailed deer, shooting buckshot at does getting chased by dogs in central virginia so uh that's an interesting back just like backstory. everyone did right right yeah no <laughs> no one starts that way no um you know hunting with deer dogs is a big tradition in virginia and and that's relatively rare across the country um and then i got into bow hunting when i moved to maryland for a bit because if you don't bow hunt you basically don't have a season there because of the way their seasons are structured so i got really into bow hunting um moved out here where i am now in western wisconsin started getting into upland hunting and um and i had closer access to spot and stalk like mule deer hunting for archery season two so i've kind of changed my um preferences as far as hunting goes based on that um and you know over the last few years have gotten ridiculously into upland hunting and have a one-year-old bird dog and that kind of stuff so trent how uh your little background here in in hunting uh yeah same same thing kind of grew up in northeast indiana and and parts of the family hunted hit and miss and and really you know i i while i had my dad hunted some and and my grandpa did some hunting when he was younger and and some rabbits and stuff like that as he was older you know it was really just something that i got bit by the bug and have really uh kind of had to do it myself or you know seek out like-minded folks just because i don't necessarily have uh that like hardcore mm -hmm. in the field uh family member to really drag me around you know grandpa got me into fishing and and hunting over beagles for rabbits and that kind of stuff and and did some deer hunting with dad uh but you know by and large i'm i'm the one that's really into it so you know nobody else in the family turkey hunts or has ever really waterfowl hunted or anything like that and i i just love it all you know i mm -hmm. of course i i love whitetail hunting but uh turkey season opened this week uh and I in the snow yet <laughs> in the <laughs> snow it was miserable uh but um you know i'm i'm here for all of it you know i'm i'm and it professionally personally you know there's I'm kind of jack of all trades, master of none. That's just kind of how I am. Even, yeah, even at work, I'm, I'm the marketing Swiss army knife. It's not that, well, give <laughs> this to Trent because Trent does this and there, there's stuff I do really well, but you know, I, I like to be involved in a lot of things and it's the same with hunting, which can kind of might say that it, it uh, makes one category suffer over another, but for me, yeah. it's, it's the, it's doing the different stuff that that's fun. Right. It's, I get, I get bored doing the same thing every time. If all I ever did was bow hunt whitetails, I'd be bored in like two seasons. I just yeah. have to go do something different. So it's, it's nice to, to break it up and kind of, you know, push it around a little bit, try some different things. Yeah. 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 And I know I'm, the same boat. I'm more into fishing than you are. I, I think yeah. that's, you know, we, we, we transition kind of the fishing side. You know, I, I'm, that was really kind of my gateway drug into the outdoors was, was those fishing trips with grandpa, just, you know, bluegills under bobbers growing up and anymore, uh, you know, what do you want to fish for? Whatever's biting. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, yeah. And, and most of the time stuff that's not, yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fishing, not catching. Right. But, um, bass, bluegill, musky, we got some walleye water around here. Not like you do up there, but, right. um, you know, and, and really, 
I haven't had a lot of opportunity to do it because Northeast Indiana isn't known for its uh, access to salt water, but uh, been doing more of that <laughs> right. in the last couple of years. And that's, that's a lot of fun too. And the opportunities that I'm able to get out there and, and do that kind of stuff. So really kind of the same thing on the fishing side, you know, we're, we're on the lower edge of the ice belt. So we have some really good ice fishing winters. We have some ice fishing winters where it never happens, but um, kind of the same thing with fishing as it is with hunting, man, let's, let's just go. I don't care what we're going <laughs> yeah. for. Let's just go. Yeah, me for fishing, it, it kind of stopped and started with the bobber fishing. You know, the uh, I fished a little as a kid, but um, that was it. You know, bobber fishing for panfish in central Virginia. I, you know, I did, I've done um, striper fishing on the mm -hmm. Chesapeake Bay once. Uh, you know, did some decent bass fishing, but not nearly as much as a lot of people do. Um, started fly fishing a few years ago but with moving around and stuff i never got you like i never really had home waters to right. get used to how to fly fish that area and the area around here like we have some great fly fishing in western wisconsin down in the driftless and stuff but a lot of it is at least what i've been to and tried is a lot of tree cover and i spent a lot of time uh, stuck up. in trees <laughs> so i haven't really mastered that yet at all um so I've, I've tried a little and, you know, I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's just, you know, haven't done as much as I'd like. And now my son's getting older. He's really likes fishing. Um, he likes just, we have a little lake near the house here and we'll go catch panfish and smallmouth. And, you know, there's nothing of note in that lake or that we've ever caught, but it's, it's fun. He has a blast. He loves ice fishing. He really got into that. So we finally got a full setup of our own, this past winter, you know, the little, you know, pop-up shack, auger, heater, five or six different rods and, you know, enough stuff to really have a decent setup. And right, make we had some, it. yeah, yeah. Nice flasher from Markham. And, you know, we had enough to, to have some limited success, nothing too crazy, but his, his motivation, and this is different from mine, my motivation to hunt and fish growing up. And this is kind of a good segue into one of our next topics is, he just friggin' loves eating fish and deer. Like he, right. he, he, I, he's yeah. not ready to hunt yet. Just knowing his personality, but he's, he loves fishing. His motivation is being outside. He enjoys that. His motivation is a hundred percent to take that thing home and eat it. And unfortunately over the last couple of years, I've developed an allergy to fish and it's pretty disappointing. <laughs> um, cause I love eating the fish I catch, but now he's, he's fine with the allergy. Cause I bring it all home and clean it and cook it. And he gets all <laughs> of it. Perfect. Um, so, Perfect. but that's, what's kind of cool is he, he loves the food aspect of it. Like he's in right. it. And, um, that's just different from how I grew up. You did it cause it was a pastime and it was fun. Um, the food was kind of a secondary motivation and, you know, hopefully my parents don't hear this, but you know, neither were great at cooking wild game or wild caught fish, fish probably better than wild game. And I've, I've right. actually taught them both a lot about cooking as I've gotten older, but, right. um, so food wasn't the motivator where that's most of my motivation and obviously all of my son's motivation for fishing. So, and like I said, that kind of segues us right into to cooking. So I, you know, um, I enjoy cooking indoors as much as outdoors you know i used to only really grill stuff because that's what you did but i've gotten much more into like true cooking and preparation not just cooking stuff over fire um you know i actually i used to work at a barbecue joint and cook pit beef for a while and uh oh <laughs> you shorted out over there <laughs> i uh 
So I got to use to cooking a whole lot of food over fire for a lot of people. We had groups of up to 1400 people and, or no, our biggest group was 4,000 people and we cooked 1600 pounds of meat in a day. So, um, you know, I got to do that part. So that's how I really got started into the cooking over coals kind of thing. But I, uh, I also like cooking indoors and, you know, year round, I have, you know, regular charcoal grill. I have a pellet grill. Um, I have a fire pit with a grill grate and I try to use all of that plus the indoor stuff. So cooking's definitely a, a, a lot of fun and I really enjoy it, especially with stuff I, I killed or caught. Yeah. The, oh. To me, the the kind of the, the outdoors and the cooking, we we tackle those together. That's because that's mm-hmm. that's a big part of the reason. Same thing, you know, hunting and fishing. And I've my my boys are are quite a bit younger than yours. They're about to be two and four. And and I had a really good season in the deer woods this year, which is not usually the case. Uh, <laughs> but they both got their their first taste of of deer meat this year. And they're not like especially the four year old. He's not a finicky eater by any means, but you know, deer meat has a reputation, you know, yeah, generally yeah. speaking, you don't, all right, well, here's the deer meat for the four-year-old and they love it. And, and both of them just absolutely smashed it. And it's kind of turned into a joke nice. as far as we want for supper deer meat. Yeah. We, we went out, we, we, we were scouting for some, uh, food plot, uh, locations. just not that long ago. And, uh, a, a doe came out and as we were pulling in and he goes, Oh, there's a deer let's eat it you know because he's four he's about to be yeah. four he's three so that's his schema for everything once he's got a schema that's it yeah um, yeah but same thing you know i i i had it when i worked in a restaurant when i was younger and and it was kind of one of those deals where the the guy that was the chef uh where while i was there and it was just kind of like a, a country diner type thing but he was somebody that that was his retirement. He had grown, you know, his, when he was younger, he worked in like Chicago and New York and was a legitimate chef that then just moved to Lake country and didn't really want to work too hard and came in and had a, a wealth yeah. of knowledge that you would not normally expect to find in random country diner in Northeast Indiana. And, uh, worked there for a while uh in high school and kind of lit the fire and I, I always enjoyed cooking anyway but learned some stuff there and then you know the internet teaches everybody everything and yeah you know, the the explosion of kind of like food network and all that and some of that just that whole thing so that's uh, man cooking whether it's i'm i'm big into smoking meat anybody mm-hmm. that's found me on social media that's about half the feed is smoker <laughs> and charcoal and dead pig on a smoker and all that kind of stuff um but like you said you know i'm i'm i do a lot of the not fine dining stuff either but i'm right pretty good jambalaya for a for a yankee and (laughs) pineapple upside down cake i can manage that too so just kind of uh you know we and actually the only cooking competition i was ever in we we were uh we were paired up at the poma conference several years ago and yeah it, it took a legitimate chef to knock us out. And I, yeah, I still, yeah. I, I stand by that fried catfish with the grilled peach salsa. Like I, I think yeah. there was, I think there was something there. So um, yeah, I, I mean, that's <laughs> really, that's, that's what I, if I'm not hunting, fishing, cooking, 
in the outdoors, the only other thing I might do is golf. And there's not (laughs) a lot of, you know, I know we're not regulated by the FCC as a podcast, but there's probably not a lot of that that can be talked about in, in uh, family (laughs) terms. So um, if we stick to the rest of that, that's, that's really kind of what and how we spend our time. And just, you know, like I said, for my part, and I kind of comfortable speaking for Will too, it's, it's not about, you know, hardcore ultra like into it, but there's other things I do too. And there's not just one thing that I'm into. I'm into all of it. So, you know, just, you know, not, not trying to tell anybody else how to do anything else. It's really just about sharing what we do know and our experiences and, and those stories and hopefully having conversations with, with all of you about that kind of stuff too, because, you know, I'm generally the rule I go by is if somebody tells you how great of a hunter they are, you can pretty much reverse it. Like no, yeah. all I've, yeah. I've, I've met and talked to and spent time with some, what people would consider really great deer hunters. And by and large, they tell you, you can't kill what's not there. And I have the opportunity to hunt in some really great spots. So, yeah, yeah absolutely. You know, if, if we all could dedicate 60 hours a week and, and had spots to go for where you wouldn't burn them out like that, we'd all kill deer. Yeah you know, and and that's just not the case. So there's definitely stuff that we can all learn from each other. And, and more than anything, the, the stories are what makes it fun anyway. So I think that's really what we want to focus on here. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as general outdoors goes, I mean, uh, yeah, I coach my son's mountain biking team. So I spend a lot of time out mountain biking, both officially as part of the team, as well as out whenever we're not doing it as part of the team, um, hiking, backpacking, uh, I finally own a pickup truck for the first time as of a year ago. So we frequently load that thing down and just go find somewhere to camp. Um, I drove it back to Virginia a few weeks ago and just slept in the bed on the way there. Um, you know, I drove out into uh, Northwest South Dakota with my son last year and we camped out of the truck for a few days and did some sketchy off-roading and we'll, we'll cover that in a podcast up here soon of me making really poor decisions in the middle of nowhere. Um, and Which if you're going to make die, poor decisions, <laughs> definitely the make them in the middle of nowhere where there is no help or cell phone service for a long way. Um, but yeah, so, and I, you know, Trent kind of already mentioned it, but we're, that we're kind of in it for all of it. And that's what we're trying to do with this podcast is kind of celebrate that and go over it. And um, our kind of our overall go- goals are just that to, to, to touch on various topics and celebrate the multidimensional outdoorsmen, you, you know, and, and to help normalize that you don't have to be the ultimate bow hunter. You can, you can bow hunt and also bird hunt and rifle hunt and, fly fish or don't fly fish and you you know if you're just a rifle hunter who cares if that's what you're doing go nuts um so that's kind of what we want to share with this this podcast is just build up that that you don't have to be any one thing to fit some weird mold um because at the end of the day we're all likely in it for most of the same reasons and we're all out there to enjoy the outdoors usually with good people and you know with the chance of some really good food in the process. So, and I think that's something that just in general, the industry, you know, because they're, it, it, it's kind of either extreme, right there. I think most guys either fall into the category of they're pretty much like us. They like to do all of it, or they are super focused on, I do X. And then 
you know, within the industry, then you have that segmentation, you know, the, yeah. you don't have, we we've just recently seen like outdoor life and field and stream. They've gone digital only because of the, right. the reach of them, which, you know, even a decade ago, that would have, if you'd have told somebody that it'd have been crazy, but everything's getting more focused and more niche. And it's not a hunting magazine. It's a bird dog hunting magazine. And it's not a fishing right. magazine. It's a bass fishing magazine or a walleye fishing magazine. And it, it's, it's this hyper segmentation of everything. And I, I think by and large, there's probably more people that actually fall into the like to do a little bit of everything group, but it's, it's, you know, that's, it's tough to make money there. It's tough to manage things in, in that broad of a sense. So hopefully this kind of fills that, that void a little bit um, that may or may not be there. Yeah. And essentially like when I started the will to hunt, the thing that I think contributed to success early on was I wasn't trying to be anyone or anything special. I was just being will who doesn't kill big stuff ever and if i do kill something it's probably a doe oh shoot it was actually a button buck <laughs> you know like right. it, it was, i didn't you know i've killed some nice deer i've killed some nice whatever but it that's not the norm and what what i was trying to show with it whether i meant to from the beginning or not is you know if you fall into the the outdoor marketing and that you should kill a 160 inch buck every year you're ultimately creating a lot of frustration and disappointment for the people that think that's what they're supposed to be doing when really you should just be uh, out there and enjoying it and not focusing 100%. on that. So it's um, it's yeah, that that's where we want to go is, is it show the, the reality of it and how you can do that. And it, it's perfectly fine. And, and we'll talk about it and hopefully you'll listen. Agreed. hundred percent agreed. All right. So I think that's all we're going to cover for episode one. Stick around for the next ones. And uh, as as we head out, um, we'll do this from time to time. We call it our parting shot because we both really enjoy good bourbon um, or whiskey or will, other things will, even. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm actually going to throw a curveball right off the bat just to be contrary, because that's what I do. <laughs> nice. And, and we didn't include that in the topics, but uh, alcoholic beverages will be a topic of discussion they, and they potentially will. heated debate, but we'll see they how that, 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 how that spins out. So I'll, I'll lead with mine and I'll let Trent follow with his and then we'll close this out. So my parting shot is um, the Russell's reserve single barrel rye. I picked it up at the distillery on my way to Virginia and it is, I wouldn't drink it as a shot. It is phenomenal. Um, I'm not a huge rye guy. I've started to get into it. Mm -hmm. Um, I'd never seen the single barrel rye until I saw it at the distillery. So I grabbed it. Um, and you know, there's Russell's reserve six year rye that's well distributed, but I've never seen the single barrel rye. Um, and it's, it's higher proof. Uh, I forget exactly what it is. Cause I didn't make a note, but it's, it's like, uh, somewhere between one Oh five and one fifteen. It's, it's, it's Running spicy, hot. But yeah. it's it's phenomenal. It's it's really good, and it's not a million dollars. It's like fifty or sixty bucks, um, which is not bad for a nice single barrel rye. So that's my parting shot for this episode. So, like I said, I'm I'm gonna go off reserve, right? Just to <laughs> just to jump off because we do that from time to time. And I'm you know caveat, I don't drink a lot of. I'm I'm primarily a whiskey drinker, primarily a bourbon drinker, and I don't I don't drink a lot of beers. I'm not a fan of the IPAs, uh, but just recently. Uh, there's a Irish bar here, uh, 
not far uh, and went in there because scotch eggs sounded good actually. And they had <laughs> a, uh, they had a half pour that is a half Magner cider and a half Smithwick's red ale, which if I'm going to drink oh. a beer, it's, it's probably going to be a Porter or it's going to be a red ale or something like that. And I would have never, I don't know why I would have never thought of putting a cider and a red ale together, but you talk about right. two flavor profiles that comp, you know, if you're, if you generally stay away from the ciders because they're too sweet yeah, and yeah. you know that it, it really presents a very balanced tone. You get the sweetness of the cider and it kind of plays into that natural fa- flavor profile that your red ales have very, very, very good drink. That was uh, JK O'Donnell's here. Um, so if you if you want to mix up, you know, your your uh, your your beer pour with a cider or something like that, try going half and half on a red ale and see what you run into, because that was that was phenomenal. That was a, a really pleasant surprise. And the scotch eggs were awesome, as always. So that was nice. Nice. I dig it. I'll take it going off off res for the first parting <laughs> shot. I, I expected nothing less. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll uh, kind of send us off here. Uh, thanks everybody for listening. Um, we have a lot of cool topics to cover. We have about a dozen episodes uh, already planned. We just got to take the time to record them. So um, hopefully you stick around and check out some of our future episodes. And as I mentioned before, rate, review, subscribe, and also feel free to reach out to us on social media. Like I said, it's at the will to hunt on all platforms or through wherever you're you're listening to this. Um, if you have ideas, thoughts, topics, things you want covered, um, kind of like I said early on, I'm a, a nobody that knows a few somebodies. Between me and Trent, we know a lot of experts too. So we can, if we don't get them on as a guest, we can consult some really knowledgeable people and, and, and help with just about any topic in the outdoors. So feel free to shoot us suggestions as well. And if you and think we're that, wrong about something, feel free to us. say so. Like, yeah. it's, this is... I don't think Will or I want this to be 30, 20, 45 minutes of us talking at you. It's just, yeah, it's just starting the conversation that we can, we can take elsewhere. So yeah, definitely reach out, give us some feedback. All right. Well, hope to see you guys next time. Thanks everybody.